Those interviews have been more enlightening and covered a wider range of topics than I was expecting them to do. Last year, I felt there was still quite a lot of talk about hydrogen. Uh, so that's encouraging. It's clear now that they're all talking about electrification. We don't know which technology is going to win. And that's going to be an issue if the UK doesn't come out with something in response to IRA quickly. Really important for bringing through that early stage technology and, and making that you know commercially viable. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Simon. Thanks so much for joining. You're very welcome. So we're here now with the Financial Times Future of the Car Summit. How has it been so far? It's been really good. Um, I've really enjoyed actually hearing the CEOs of the OEMs. Um, those interviews have been more enlightening and covered a wider range of topics than I was expecting them to do. Um, so that's actually been really insightful and useful to hear about their views on batteries, on charging infrastructure, on product design, on how consumers are going to use vehicles going forward. So, yeah, it's been a, a good use of time so far. Glad to hear that. And as for the Green Finance Institute, I think you have a quite specific view, I would assume, more on the financial lens potentially. Um, so just wondering, is there any new thoughts and developments you have seen either here or in the past year? Uh, I think, have I seen new developments? I think what it's good to see is that Last year, I felt there was still quite a lot of talk about hydrogen or EV. And actually, this year, I've been here, what, 24 hours so far. I actually haven't heard the hydrogen word once yet. Maybe I've just been in the wrong panels. I think you might have. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but I haven't heard that debate quite so much. Uh, so that's encouraging. It's clear now that they're all talking about electrification. Um, I understand there was some e-fuels conversations yesterday, but I, I wasn't in on those. Um, and actually, now that obviously they're talking about different battery technologies, solid state versus sodium versus lithium ion. But um, there seems to be less nervousness about, from an investor perspective, actually, does this mean that we shouldn't be investing in anything now? It is actually, there's recognition that, you know, solid state batteries are coming, but actually still keep investing in what we are doing because there's so much of that transferable um, technology that's still going to be relevant and therefore investors don't need to worry. They're left with stranded assets, which is which is good and I think has been a reason investors have been holding back or been nervous because they're like, well, we don't know which technology is going to win. And the message I've heard a few times is it doesn't matter which one's going to win because there's going to be a need for all of them and a need for investment in all of them. Mm. And how do you think, I mean, the current climate, right, is an interesting one in the financial markets and but also new you know, developments such as Inflation Reduction Act, which we, we didn't have on our radar last time. So just curious, like how has this influenced, do you think, the, the market's... Uh, I think it's made investment in the UK very challenging. And that's certainly something we've heard from UK-based companies who are uh, finding it easier to attract investment overseas. They're certainly looking at the US as somewhere to expand rather than the, the, rather than the UK. And that's going to be an issue if the UK doesn't come out with something in response to IRA quickly. Mm, I've definitely heard this in conversations here as well. And I think it's yeah, it's going to be a bit of a sad awakening of some of the UK players when they yeah. announce their plans in the future. Yeah, and it's a real risk to the UK's automotive sector. You know, we're, we're never going to compete with China in terms of scale and leading the market on battery production. But actually, I think we need some capability. So it's about saying, well, how do we attract the capability that we do need and build that supply chain that we do need to support the automotive sector and, and the jobs that that supports, whether that's the whole of the UK's automotive sector, which is, you know, 800,000 jobs, 
or whether we should be looking at the sort of specialist automotive sector, which in itself is still 20,000 jobs and actually really important for bringing through that early stage technology and, and making that you know, commercially viable, rolling it out to mass market in the future. Where do you have you seen like the most excitement about, like you mentioned these different topics, do you see like from investor perspective, do you think there's some which are, you know, topics investors seem more open to or is it quite equally spread? They all seem to love the sound of solid state batteries. It's like this mythical thing in the future, isn't it? Um, I think actually battery, when we've been talking to investors, it seems that the the sort of mining and raw materials part of it and then the recycling is of most interest to them rather than the I guess slightly more commoditized bit of the actual cell assembly and, and the sort of midstream processes so that that the upstream and downstream seems to be where we're hearing more interest rather than the midstream um, but what we're trying to do at the moment is say actually there's opportunities along that entire supply chain for investors it's not just about gigafactories you know you need to you need to have an entire supply chain and that's that's everything from SMEs up to large companies um, establishing and there's you know there's different risk and return profiles from from those investments but there's you know there's a real range of opportunities whether that's chemicals or metals or you know lots of different things that people can get involved with. Mm. And I think I mean also since last year right we had the story of British Vault and things like this and maybe also some, do you have you seen like a lot of you know did this change things do you think or is it kind of people understand there was one incident or I think it definitely spooked people, um, but he, but once I think people sort of read a little bit more about it and understood perhaps, you know, that's not reflective of an entire industry, but perhaps it's more the organization and, and the way in which that organization was managed um, rather than the organization it, itself and the, you know, the lack of a, a product. Because, you know, when we speak to people, they had a, they had a battery apparently that was you know, potentially going to be good. It was being tested. They had some customers. Um, yeah, I, it definitely made some investors nervous. Um, but I think those that sort of read a little bit more about it and have dug into it have realized that actually it's not, it, this doesn't mean as an entire industry is not investable. So we met last year, again, at the similar event, at the same event. Um, lots has happened since then. Do you have any thoughts for the coming year? Uh, thoughts for the coming year? Well, I mean, at the at the Green Finance Institute, what we're hoping to do over the coming year is is actually start to get a couple of our financial products um, up and running and and piloted. So there's two that we are sort of close to having pilots for. One is on charging infrastructure, the concept of a, a utilization linked loan. So linking the repayments of financing for charging infrastructure to how much it's used, which is really interesting and the point of that is to try and incentivize the the rollout of uh of charging infrastructure in areas that perhaps aren't commercially viable right now but should be in the future um and then we're also working on a, a battery investment facility so trying to say to government right when uh you know we've got this existing grant landscape in the uk that's really good and has brought some great companies out of universities and and sort of started their scale-up journey but we're finding that they've got this valley of death then to cross when they want to commercialize and, and really take it to the next level. So we're saying to government, let's use the capital that you've got available, not as grants, but in a way which crowds in private investment. Um, and so they actually sort of said in the green finance strategy that they they published in March this year that they want to work with us on developing blended finance solutions. And we're hoping that we use the battery sector as a sort of pilot for that. So 
watch this space and we'll hope that those uh, conversations that we're having with them are fruitful. We've got a, an investor roundtable in a couple of weeks time to, to sort of say to private sector, right, what does, what does the shape of government money need to look like for you to be more willing to invest in this sector? You know, is it that they take the first loss? Is it that they'll guarantee some of that investment? Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully get some results from that, take that back into government and uh, hopefully get permission to do a pilot. Brilliant. Excited for that. Mm. And um, yeah, let's stay tuned and maybe listen in again in a year. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, it is a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.